Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? You're listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you want the freshest Famous Dead People episodes, you can listen to those the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio for Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview American politician and former first lady of the United States, the woman who changed the game, Eleanor Roosevelt, played by comedian Patricio Machuca, and Italian explorer Christopher Columbus, played by comedian Alan Fessenden. It was a great episode. Don't forget to go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is me making fun of Kellyanne Conway, and it is super funny and available now everywhere. Also, 50th episode of Famous Dead People coming up, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. I've also got a show coming up at the People's Improv Theater's Solo Comedy Festival called SoloCom. It'll be November 18th at 10 p.m. at the Pit Loft on 29th Street. Check that out. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Eleanor Roosevelt and Christopher Columbus only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American politician, diplomat, and first lady of the United States, Eleanor Roosevelt. How you doing? And 15th century Italian explorer and colonizer, Christopher Columbus. Okay, bro. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mr. Columbus, Ms. Roosevelt, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Okay, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Super excited to be here. Um, Now, I'd like to start with you, um, Eleanor Roosevelt. So you changed what it meant to be a first lady. Like the normal first lady activities before you were the first lady were generally just like hostessing and taking care of the White House. But you were active in politics uh, before you were first lady, and that seemed like to continue while you were first lady. My question is, was there a grander scheme at play? Like, were you trying to create your own, you know, like a, a political identity? Or were you just trying to be involved and busy and, you know, like try to affect positive change? Uh, def- positive change. My my mission was just to bring in more attitude. I feel like more attitude, more attitude to the politics, like in a very <laughs> loving way. But also just kind of like, you know, in your face, like, I'm here to take care of you. Can you give us an example of, like, uh, the attitude that you were trying to bring to politics while while your husband was president of the United States? So uh, he was like, uh, so while he was the president, like, I would go out and, uh, you know, uh, I had like a lot of after school programs for kids. But like, I didn't really. It was like less about like, hey, uh, instead of like asking kids questions like, hey, why don't you would you like to enrich your afternoon by playing sports? It was like, no, you you guys are now playing basketball. Ooh, okay. And baseball, yeah. All right. So you were so taking like a more uh, direct, like what we would call like in yeah. your face now, you know? Like, tell them what to do. You're like, yeah. okay, you're doing this now. Yeah. It was like, I yeah. love you and this is going to enrich your life. Interesting. So now play ball. Thing. Play ball. So now you're doing this. Mm-hmm. I like I like the love part of it because it's 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 sort of like, um, I feel like it has a real positive effect on somebody when you add the love to it. Like I'm doing this for love out of yeah. love. Yeah. It was know? like tough love. It was like, I, I yeah. don't want to, you know, and I mean, I'm imagining that you Christopher Columbus sort of resonate with that attitude. I mean, you had a very authoritarian bent when you were, you know, ruling over the islands that you discovered. Okay. You bro, know? But I was doing that for love too. Yeah. I was, um, like, were I you was doing it for love though? Yeah, bro. I was like, I'm going to love you guys. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take everything you got. I'm going to reorganize it so that it's really taken care of in a good way. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, bro. Was... I just, I mean, I find that a little hard to believe just based on the things that I read about you and the things that you did on those islands. But You can read a lot of things about a lot of people, <laughs> man. But okay, bro, like, I'm serious. Like, what you read always isn't right. Mm. So you're saying that, it, bro. So you're saying that some, some of the historical record that we have on you is incorrect. Yeah, but then a lot of it is also correct. Oh, okay. Well, that's int- well, that's actually gonna that's a really good lead into my next question because you're oh, right, you were one of the most widely misunderstood figures. Uh, I wasn't gonna say celebrate. Okay. Well, you could actually argue in improperly celebrated. Like we should not be celebrating you. You know the way that we are. Like the things that we teach children about you are completely wrong. And uh, you like you didn't discover America. Well, you I did. You didn't figure out the world was round. Okay, bro. <laughs> The world was not round before I figured that That's out. That's not true. Everybody knew the world was round already. Uh, they just knew that it was bigger than what you thought it was. There was a lot of flat world people 
back then that well, were real strong. A lot of flat world people now, like a bizarre <laughs> number of flat world people. Yeah, bro. But now the, that's now it's like stupid. But back then it was like <laughs> actually, yeah, you know, like flat. The world is flat because how could it be round? And I know the same people are saying that stuff today, but today it's like you. I already did it. You know. Mm, well, I mean, just based on what we know of you know other mathematicians and explorers from around mm-hmm. that time, it yeah. seems like the earth being round was kind of common knowledge back then. And so you claiming that you okay. were like, we should, we should, we should, uh, I, I can travel around to India cause the earth was round. Doesn't you gotta seem think, like, you gotta think, bro, you gotta think back to how that was because like, it's like everyone didn't know everything automatically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say like I figured it out by myself, but I proved it. In a way that a lot of people hadn't proved it before. You I, don't know know if you, I don't know if you did prove it because as we know, yeah. you know, like you did not get to India, you know, and so like you also didn't fall off the edge of the earth. <laughs> right. That's a really good point. I mean, it's a ballsy move. If people think that you're going to fall off the edge of the earth. But that's what I'm saying, Eleanor, like, no. is that is that nobody thought he was going to fall off the edge. Of, maybe maybe some people did. But the people that you were like. <laughs> asking for money to take this trip like they didn't think that you were going to fall off the edge of the earth they just thought that it was too big of a distance you didn't have enough food uh you were you were going to go crazy before you reached india maybe die in a shipwreck i was you know? i was talking to this one bro right like this guy okay. anthony right anthony was and this I, in in spain and italy like yeah I mean, man travel around like, a lot yeah it was like one of those one of those smaller countries right before i discovered america <laughs> i was like Anthony, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find the Indians. I'm gonna find India. I'm gonna find Asia. I'm gonna find it all, right? And bro, like he was like, "No, you're gonna fall off the edge of the earth." I was like, "Bet me, uh, bet me, eight hundred." He's like, "Deal." <laughs> and he, I was like, "You gotta put it up first, and if I come, if I don't come back, you can claim it." Mm-hmm. He, Anthony was not a bright, bright boy. I'll tell you what. So you just took his eight hundred. You just took his eight hundred. You just took his 800. Yeah. <laughs> just I just took, took it. <laughs> I can't believe you took 800 of his. 800. That's insane. That's completely bonkers. Yeah, and he bro. just let you take his 800. Yeah, bro. I just <laughs> I just took it, bro. Just give me 800. I just, he just gave me his That's 800, bro. I mean, to be fair, you won the bet, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. So you got so, so you got it you got it fair and square, but you know, at the yeah, time I earned it. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot that I think I think mm-hmm. that we can disagree on. But yeah, bro, we can uh, disagree. I think that we should move back uh, over to Eleanor Roosevelt from uh, for a little. So I read in your biography that as a child you were nicknamed Granny because you acted in a really serious manner as a child. And can you expand on that? Like, what did you do as a child that made people call you Granny or or think that you were like a serious child? Well, it was weird, man. It was the 1800s, so like, mm-hmm. like I, I was born in the 1800s, so yeah. It was a lot really of licorice. W- a lot of licorice, a lot of knitting. <laughs> yeah. But like it was practical. Like I, it was cold. It was really cold in New York in the 1800s. And like, you ever take a horse and carriage somewhere? No. That is a brutal, <laughs> brutal no, I did, way I to did, travel. I did, you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think he's I think he's speaking like rhetorically, like to everybody. So you don't oh, necessarily yeah, yeah, have yeah, to yeah. answer that question, Christopher Columbus. That's cool. Uh but so so you were saying that it was really cold, it was hard taking those those uh trips on horse yeah, and so carriage. While, while other people were like eating licorice and you know throwing rocks in the air and trying to hit them with sticks. Mm-hmm. I was building carriages and knitting sweaters and starting fires. But don't you think yeah. that that's, you know, you you missed out on a valuable part of childhood because you were you were busy already being a productive member of society? Like, like don't you think that you missed, you know, being whimsical and and wasting time and, and getting into trouble? Bro. But that was whimsical for me. I was having a blast. <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid <laughs> argument, bro. Because like, great. you're having the childhood that you got. Like, I was, I was in the ocean. I had a, my own boats at ten years old. Mm-hmm. I was just driving around on the ocean, like, you know, like. Is that, that what you call it when you're when you're on a boat? You call it driving. You call it driving around the ocean. Well, yeah, driving around, cruising. I'm not, like, I'm not a sailor, so I don't know. But I just I mean, assume... a, every sailor's got their own terms for it. I was just like, drive those boats, drive, because you drive into the waves. You know, you like. You got to push through. You got to drive it. You know, it's like a force. What are some other words that other sailors use to describe? Sailing or like. (laughs) That's the one I know. Cruising, you know. Mm -hmm. Boating. People could say boating, right? Yeah, I was boating, but that sounds like. I boated over to. Okay, bro. Like there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of of turns. Yeah. Uh, Speed floating. I heard heard that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. If you get caught in a wave, you're speed floating. It's like. 
Mm-hmm. Wind water surfing, travel. I guess. Wind you water, say yeah. Wind water say traveling. Surfing in the Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you like have a have a, a negative um, relationship with other children your age because you wanted to do these more grown up things like build carriages and knit when they wanted to play stick and hoop or or throw a rock around or anything like that? Sometimes, because you know, uh, like back in my day, like uh, decorating decorating your abacus like that was a that was a, a big thing it was like people love to accessor- accessorize decorate their your a- decorate your abacus yeah yeah, yeah you, i just wasn't into that mm-hmm. did you get a good like yeah did you ever, ever, ever have like a abacus uh cozy did you do that like make it Keep, so your abacus is warm warm in the winter time yeah in the cold new york no winters. yeah i wasn't the, you know i wasn't like completely against it it's just it wasn't my passion oh did you mm. ever just like knit little like buffers so like it doesn't click clack so hard a lot of people love that click clack, bro. But <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But while people were doing that, I was chopping my own wood. Mm, you were making your own abacai. Yeah, that's. Good, I was making bro. my own abacai. Abacai. You ever done that? It's. I, fucking, I've never made my own abacus. It's no. fucking exhilarating. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I it's I a lot of work. A lot of detail. You. It makes a lot of you. sense that you would grow up to be the remarkable woman that you that you became and that you did so many things. But yeah, bro. I do think that you know children learn something from being children and i think that you know even like if i went back in time and i was like you know a child but i have my adult brain where, um, where are you gonna go what where, <laughs> where back in time you're gonna like good question. back I mean, in time you where's, I mean, where's the ideal childhood for back in time like, i'm just saying like if i was in my eight-year-old body or in my six-year-old body yeah like i think that i would indulge and i think that I would run around like a crazy person you know like the way that i did when i was a kid because i think that's valuable if i was in my six-year-old body i would chop double the wood <laughs> you would that's awesome if i was in my eight-year-old body i would make surfboards you would make surfboards yeah, hmm. yeah. you got to use the energy because you don't like when you're a kid you don't realize that that energy is going to go away you don't have that energy yeah, for yeah. the rest of your energy, life man. they no. say youth is wasted on the young that is that is true the expression. That's true yeah uh so christopher columbus uh your father was a wool weaver yeah bro. and he also ran a cheese stand uh but from the age of 10 you were participating excuse me participating in sea voyages and trading expeditions so pretty young, you were drawn to a life at sea. That's a pretty fair assessment, right? Yeah, like I said, bro, I just had to get out there and start working. All right. Didn't you have any desire to follow Make in cheese? your father's footsteps? <laughs> I just want to sell cheese, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, here's a like, little cart. Like, he also wove oh, wool. And you also know? donuts, man. You can like, come by and get cheese and donuts and... Yeah, yeah, bro. Why are you I don't saying have... that? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, that, that's a perfectly good that's trade. A, that, no, it's a fine trade, but, bro, I don't want to... Like, there's not enough room in the car for me and my, my pops to be selling cheese mm-hmm. while he's also doing wool. <laughs> <laughs> but what if, like, hypothetically, let's say that, uh, you know, you had, a, you had a cart that was twice as big. It could have accommodated both you and your dad and all the wool and bro, all the cheese. why would you make a double car? Just, I'm like, just put saying, a new cart across the street. I'm just saying it could... It, and then it, you got to keep people going both ways. <laughs> Why didn't you want to follow in your father's footsteps and also be a wool weaver or a cheesemonger? Okay, bro. I, I was just like... Or was it just that you were that drawn to travel? It didn't matter what your, da- your dad did. You know? I was drawn to water, bro. I was like, I got to get in that water. I was, okay. like, I was swimming as much as possible. And then I was like, you know what? It would be great to get out, way out there, get out with the beast, with the giant animals of the sea, and just see what's out there. Start petting them and... <laughs> Yeah, bro. And start like getting to know nature. And then as like you do that, the only way you can do that is like get sponsored, get like get a boat, get people to pay you for mm-hmm. it and just like try to do stuff. And so like you end up starting out like a oh, it's adventure and then it's like I gotta make money. Adventure's not free. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, bro? I completely understand that. Like there definitely is a uh an appeal to the adventure of the open sea. Yeah, a know? couple times I was just like that. You got to send that cheese somewhere. And so I would take cheese for him. I would do cheese routes. You would do cheese routes on, on a boat? Yeah, on the boat. So, like, where would you, where would you sail the cheese to? Well, we go, This like, is your father's cheese that you that Yeah, my your father's father was cheese. We go down Sicily. Okay. Go to go to <laughs> Naples. Okay. It was all know. over Italy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all over <laughs> So, in this whole process, did you have a moment with your father, like, James Vanderbeek in Varsity Blues, where he's like, I don't Wait, want well, your life? 
James Vanderbeek James in Van Varsity Beek, Blues. Varsity Blues. I'm trying to remember. That. It's a it's a great yeah. football movie about kids playing football in high school. It's like Friday like, Night Lights yeah. or something, or it's it's Kinda the high like school that. version, like, like the high school oh, Texas version. Like think about like a really watered down uh, Friday Night Lights. The TV yeah. show. His pops is but like, that was also a movie first, right? Yeah, yeah. His pops so, is like really obsessed with him playing football, and then eventually, like towards the end of the movie, there's like this climactic scene where James Vanderbeek is just like, "I don't want your life," and he just walks out. Yeah, and he just decides he's gonna. You don't give, want your what? His I don't, life. I don't want your life. Were you a big fan of that movie, Eleanor Roosevelt? Did you like Varsity Blues? I love Varsity. I love sports movies. Really? Yeah, that really gets oh, yeah. it. Gets me jacked up. Like if I have to like give a speech or. You know, start a new. They're emotional foundation. Yeah, it gets mm-hmm. me. It gets me going. You know. So, have you ever given like a like a speech to like, let's say you're you're working with a women's auxiliary, or you know, you are you're working with uh, as a, as a delegate for the UN. Like, do you ever give like that that locker room speech to anybody that that you see in all those sports movies? Yeah, I've definitely channeled like my inner Al Pacino. Al Pacino from Friday Night Lights. No, no, no. What was the one uh, with? We used with Jamie Foxx. With Jamie Foxx. Oh, shoot. Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx did a he was sports like movie together? Sh- yeah, he was the coach of the Sharks. The, oh, uh, any given Sunday, any, bro. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, I've definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I would love to uh, to hear more about that, but if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio for Brooklyn, and my guests today are... 15th century Italian explorer and colonizer Christopher Columbus. Okay, bro, that's me. And uh, American politician, diplomat, and first lady of the United States, Eleanor Roosevelt. How you doing? Uh, so, yeah, so so walk us through that. Like, you're giving a speech to any any one of your organizations. Like, what, what does that kind of speech sound like? Any, uh, man, it's just, it's Where me. you're channeling Al Pacino from the movie Any Given Sunday. Yeah, I, I usually have a magazine with me. Like, I roll it up. Um, Ooh, good. I you can pay, just yeah, exactly. with it. Yeah. I'm like, just banging random surfaces i'm pacing mm-hmm. back and forth mm-hmm. and then uh, i just get like a raspy voice and it's just like you know like like you think that these kids are gonna save themselves huh and then you know it just goes on from Ooh, there man. I, I, got really, chills. Hey. I got chills i gotta say every time so every time I, I see a freaking uh rolled up magazine that people use for violence then i'm like i always think there's gonna be a fish coming out of that thing <laughs> Sorry, you always no, like, bro. there's going to be like, a fish coming out of yeah, a magazine. Yeah, like, start swinging. I'm like, here comes a fish. Like, because, you know, we, we always wrap uh, fish in paper, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, it's, it's like, a good way. To, they still do that. Like, if you go down that, to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pike Place Market in Seattle, they yep. have the famous fish throwers. Yep. They throw them into the, uh, into the, into the oh, newspapers there. Oh, they're chucking them. Yeah, like, whew. They chuck them. So you think whenever you see a rolled up newspaper or magazine, you think a fish is going to come well, out? Well, it's just like one of those things, like, I never got a handle on. So it's like, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> boom. I was like, just was swinging around like there's got to be a fish. Hold hold on to yeah. your fish. Can I ask you, Christopher Columbus? Like you mentioned, uh, yeah. like part of the draw to bringing you out to sea was mm-hmm. playing with the giant sea creatures out there, maybe petting them. Yeah. Uh, did you see any incredible creatures in all of your uh, sea voyages? Anything? Oh yeah. Anything that we wouldn't believe that that you saw? Because I mean, there there is so much of the ocean that we still haven't explored. Like there are things that we don't know exist. Oh yeah, I think a lot of that's like way, way deep though, bro. Like, but like, yeah, I, w- I mean, something you wouldn't believe. Something. I saw a whale marriage once. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I'm sorry. That was... <laughs> so you saw two whales getting married on one of your voyages? Yeah, bro. It was like you could tell there was like two families, they, they, two families of whales that had gathered out, all right. like, and they were all sizes, right? You could tell some of them were like definitely grandpa. <laughs> whales and other ones are definitely like grandma whales and Can then you like put this in a little context for us like uh, at what point in your naval career is this happening like had you already made your first trip across to the uh to the to the western isles oh yeah bro this is like because mm, i know you made like four trips back and forth like, yeah this is maybe like the third trip okay and we decided to go like way south you did like a little southerly route southerly route we're going okay. south we're, we're going down to the uh near south america in Venezuela area, you know, just going down there. And there was just like this time, right? It's like mating time for them. So like all, right. all these whales. And it's not, I've seen whales like sort of like, I've seen baby whale like mamas and teaching them how to dance and stuff. <laughs> but it was the first time I saw like, oh, this is, this is a ceremony. These whales mm-hmm. are getting married. Yeah, you know? that's, that's incredible. Like, I didn't yeah. even know that, that no, uh, like, it was whale like, marriages existed. It yeah. was just like a uh, big whale. It's like, how would, uh, real big, and then uh, he was like, 
with this little, not a not like a baby whale, but like mid size. So like a child. Yeah. No, not like a no. It was like a because <laughs> this is the I think the bride, right? This this big big whales with this littler whale, and mm-hmm. then like you just see you sort of see the, the little whale just jumps and spins, and then it's next to this other like mid sized whale. Okay. And there's some babier whales, so you know that like, those whales aren't the babies. Yeah. Those are the they're, adults, but not the grandparents. Right. They're about to start a family. Okay. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Man. Well, I know that you did a lot of traveling as well in your life, uh, did, Eleanor did. Roosevelt. Did you ever see anything incredible like that? Like a like a whale a whale wedding? Or, Tell me you uh, saw one. They're beautiful. <laughs> I saw. I see it on nature shows, but like in person. But well, I'm sorry. You seen a you seen a whale wedding on nature shows? Because I watch nature documentaries and I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, I don't know because you got you got to look you got to watch them with your third eye. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm like just the, damn. when they when they consummate yeah. the marriage, you just see the two whales come up like fin and fin. Mm-hmm. That's when you know the. That's what it was. It was like, exactly. Fin. That, you know, I always wait exactly. for the narrator to say what I'm watching, and they never say whale wedding, so I just assume that it's never a whale wedding. But maybe I'm just not. Yeah, bro, I, I, don't I don't have think, an open mind about it. I think there's a lot of things that when the animal kingdom we do not understand yet. No, definitely. And I watch like the British, the British, uh, the BBC uh, nature shows. The so, Earth, yeah, the they, they don't spoon feed you, man. They they make you figure <laughs> that shit out. So, but I'm sorry. Did you say that you saw something else incredible besides besides your average whale wedding that you would see on a nature documentary? I did. I saw a falcon save a small child from falling off a cliff. Oh wow! Where was this? This was in Arizona. Oh, so you were in Arizona. Uh, traveling throughout the continental United States, and you saw an uh, you said an eagle. Sorry, was it a falcon? You saw a falcon, falcon. save a, a human child from falling off a cliff. Yeah. Oh wow! Like, do you know whose wow. child was it, or uh, like? What, yeah, what, and these are like the old school falcons, not like the Twitter falcons now. Like they just kind of they're very stylish. These are like the very large, sharp feathers, mm-hmm. talons, and then yeah. Oh, yeah, the sharp one. I would assume yeah. that if a falcon was, like, grabbing a child, that it was, like, going to take it and, like, eat it and bring it back to its young. Uh, you but... know nothing. <laughs> so little. About the animal kingdom. So you cannot little. assume you can't, with animals. No, you can't. <laughs> one day they're like this, other days like this. They're like humans. So so yeah. this, this this falcon comes down and grabs this child and, like, and just, just sit it upright or... Does it like put it somewhere safe? Like, like what does the falcon do? Well, the 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 kid was part of our group, and the kid just kind of like like scammers off. It was like doing uh, she was doing her own exploring, and then mm-hmm. they see you know she didn't notice that there was a cliff. We we're all, you know, we're getting dinner ready, so we don't notice, and then we just see she's about to walk off the cliff, and then you just hear the ah! and then the the falcon comes down and just instinctively by uh, what do you call the the waistline of the pants just. Just kind of picks, picks them up from the waist? Yeah. I, I feel like it was a maternal instinct because that's oh, what happens wow. in nature. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you hear the stories about wolves taking care of human babies and stuff like that. There's just something instinctual that says you need to protect this thing. That is uh, that is fascinating. God, I wish I was raised by wolves. But, uh, speaking of, uh, of one of yeah. your travels, so you, when you're 18 and you're traveling on a train to uh, Tivoli, New York, you run into your fifth cousin, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, and based on that train trip, you become enamored with each other. You start a secret romance, and a year later, you're engaged. Uh, can you tell us about that encounter on the train? I'm sorry. Do you think that's <laughs> something funny about that, Christopher Columbus? Just like getting with your cousin. Like, whoa. <laughs> okay, bro. Cool. I don't think that you but, have a right to judge. Well, you know, just like based on your personal romantic history, Christopher Columbus. I love. Yeah, it's just like whoa. <laughs> look, let's judge me, but you know, like. That's yeah. cool. I'm not judging. It's just like I mean, you were laughing. You were laughing at Eleanor Roosevelt. You just can't for... hide love is what I was laughing about. Yeah, if that's what you're laughing about, you can't yeah, hide bro. love. You're on a train. You're gonna hide hide your love on a train. You no. can't hide love. <laughs> you gotta, love well, is too so, pure. So let me ask you this. So so you're on the train. Like, did you recognize him? And you're like, oh hey, cousin Franklin, how's it going? Or were you like talking to him, and then you realized that you were related, like through the conversation? Uh, well. Look, man, let's keep it funky. I'm from the 1800s, so okay. that's an era where usually, like, anybody who lived in your town or block or anything like that, depending on where you're from, mm. you're probably living on the same block as, like, your fifth, sixth, seventh cousin. You're generally related to, like, everybody You kind then, of are. Like, know? it's kind of, so it really wasn't that big of a deal back then. I feel like it's a bit more uh, uh, looked, up, uh, looked down upon now, but mm. back in the day, like, that was just kind of a... It was just a reality. Now, listen, Most, I'm not asking you to justify No, no, know, I know. Marrying... I just, I just, I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I want to make Christopher feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you, do you sense that Christopher Columbus feels 
uh, anxious based on this relationship that you had with your fifth cousin? A little bit that. Yeah. Really, Christopher? Oh, uh, do, uh, do you think there's any truth to that? I mean, I, I was just like interested in how it came up. It's just like, mm -hmm. whoa, on a train and then boom. Look, we're on a train. You try to hide that love. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody can deny how sexy trains are. You know, trains are like very sexy. Oh, something yeah. really romantic about being on a train, starting off a romance on a train. I love trains. Trains are great. Bro, like you watch a train go in and out of a tunnel, and you're just like, yeah, wow, that is. It just does it. You know, it does it for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, so you're on romance. this train. You're talking to Franklin. You know, yeah. you know each other. Yeah, we're talking to Frank. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking with. We were having a conversation. Beautiful scenery. Uh, you know, we we have we had a lot of things in common where we were just talking, and then uh, we start talking about our families and our past, and we just started to realize, wait, hold on, wait, how do you, how do you know such and such person? <laughs> oh yeah, and then just little by little, it just pieced together. Put but it then, together, yeah, and then you were like, oh, I guess that we're fifth cousins then. Oh, that makes sense. How about again, that? It's a, it was a long train ride, so you got a lot of time to figure it out. So we did yeah. the math. Okay, but so, yeah. okay, but when you, yeah, they didn't have iPhones back then. So no, no other way to oh, retain right, yourself. Yeah. I had my figuring out. I had my travel. Abakai. Man, iPhones, <laughs> everything would be different if we had, if we had iPhones. So you had travel Bro, Abakai, multiple abacuses. I just whipped it out, and I was like, all right, <laughs> let's figure trip. this out, buddy. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you figured out how you related to Franklin, <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt. Oh, okay, it's on the abacus. That makes sense. I got a question for you. So, like, when you met when you met him, did he have that, like, that thing? Did you just know, like, he was going to be, like, a big dude? Like, wow. Did you have a sense of yeah. how important Franklin Delano Roosevelt was going to be? Or was it all just personal, like? Not really. It was just it was personal. We mm -hmm. it was just more like a, you know, you just kind of you know you, you just connect with somebody off the bat. That's kind of how it was. Mm. I, I get was in, it. There's a spark. You know? Yeah, I feel like when you get into those moments, you you're just kind of there. You're not really looking before or after. So that's yeah. just kind of how it was. Well, I think I think both of you, just based on reading your Wikipedia, it seems like you both had, you know, big things to accomplish in your life, and I'm sure that really attracted each other. You you to each other. You know that you both were really ambitious. Dry it. We're very driven, driven very people. Driven, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, driven the way that Christopher Columbus would I drive. Love driving. Drive bro. You like, everybody you drive. You <laughs> drive head on into those waves. They're gonna try to smash you down, and you're gonna rise. You're gonna crash through, push through, rise above, ride uh, the wave. Yeah, it's gonna be. Ooh, great. that felt like, a lot like a Friday Night Lights type locker of, room speech. That was really of. impressive. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for like a like a cool like like cat like catchphrase afterwards. Like you know, if you don't. If you don't float, you drown. Ooh, that's, that's good. That's true too. Yeah, full if you eyes, don't float, you full drown. hearts, clear eyes, clear eyes, lose. full hearts can't lose. Uh, Christopher Columbus. So in 1485, <laughs> yeah, bro, <laughs> uh, you begin your quest for financial support for this voyage. Um, you yeah. know, uh, to you know, just to to get around the world to India. Uh, yeah. And you're saying, hey, the world's a lot smaller than everybody thinks it is. Mm. But everybody is telling you no. They're telling you the that your numbers flat. are off. Mm -hmm. That the, no, nobody's saying that the, the world is flat. They're saying that it's bigger. The Earth is bigger than you think it is, and that you're not going to make it with the food that you're traveling with. Oh yeah, bro. And everybody's telling you this. Like you hear this like half a dozen times. <laughs> is there any point when yeah. where you're you're pitching this no. journey to people that you're like, everyone's saying no, yeah. no. Everyone's like a no say. Like nobody <laughs> believes. You know, you. I bet you come up against this. Like no, you can't do that. It's like no, no. You're like yeah, bro. I can do it. I will do it. <laughs> Always. So you, you know, never for a second thought, you know what? All these people are pretty smart. Maybe they're right and I'm wrong. Bro, no. Smart people are smart. They, they get smart because they're curious. And then all of a sudden they're just like, no, I got to protect everything I got, bro. <laughs> I, I got this by working hard, bro. And then I just they, they stop taking chances and they don't care anymore, bro. It's like, whoa. You got smart because you were searching. You got to keep searching. Always be searching. Mm. It, I mean, saying. yeah. It, everything that comes out of your mouth sounds like a motivational speech. ABS, this is very baby. impressive. Uh, but we've unfortunately got to take a short break. Uh, but we'll be right back with Eleanor Roosevelt and Christopher Columbus on Famous Dead People. Famous Stay dead with people. us. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead everybody just want to take a quick break from the show to remind you to subscribe to famous dead people on itunes or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts rate us five stars leave a comment tell your friends all about us that stuff helps us out a whole bunch yeah i recommend the show to your friends i don't see why you wouldn't do that since you like it so much uh feel free to hit us up anytime you like at famous dead people at radiofreebrooklyn.com you can send us feedback or if you have a famous dead person that you want to have on the show i would love to accommodate you a fan of the show and put your favorite famous dead person on here also 
go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It's super funny. You go buy it at a bookstore. Go buy it online. It is available to order right now. And lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money, go to RadioForBrooklyn.com slash FamousDeadPeople and click on the Sponsor This Show button. All those donations help to keep awesome content like Famous Dead People on the air. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People, Famous Dead Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 15th century Italian explorer and colonizer Christopher Columbus Hey-o. and American politician and diplomat and first lady of the United States, Eleanor Roosevelt. Hey, gracias. <laughs> so... Uh, let me ask you this, Christopher Columbus. We were talking before the break about yeah. um, you traveling around, trying to get funding for this trip. Uh, on your final push for funding for the voyage, uh, you pitched Queen Isabella of Spain, who turned you down. But then as you're leaving town, this is from the Wikipedia, as yeah. you're leaving town, sadly on a mule, King Ferdinand <laughs> convinces... Oh, is that not the case? Is that not true? That that you were leaving on a mule? You ever ride a mule, bro, you're not going to be sad. Oh, so you were happy on the mule. <laughs> you, you didn't bother you that and everybody's telling you no about, about this oh, trip That's you a bummer, take? dude, but like, you get on your mule and you're just like, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> that's just those... Like, who well, writes, I, how, do, how do they know that... Like, Oh, he was sad on that mule. I'm, I'm sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, like, you know, you got tears in your eyes because, like, you got rejected <laughs> by a beautiful, beautiful queen. But, like, whatever. Like, I'm not sad. It's just like, yeah, I'm on a mule. It's just, like, contemplative, you know? Okay, yeah, so, it's so like you were on the mule. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Eleanor, you were saying. No, I was going to say, it's like, if you get kicked off of your own shit, but, like, they kick you off, but, like, as they kick you off, they put you on a jet ski. Yeah, then you're like, well, at least I'm on a jet ski. That's sad, yeah. but I can't be sad on a jet ski. No, you can't. It's I don't like jet skis, though. That would probably make me sad. Why don't you like jet skis, Christopher it's Columbus? Like, too bumpy, you know? It's like. <laughs> as opposed to the right. smooth I mean, sailing that you enjoyed as a as a 15th century explorer, really? A, yeah, a bro. Jet like, ski is too bumpy. Yeah, there's like a. You're on a big ship, you know? You're just like. Whoo, there's some movement to it, but like. Uh, uh, you're just on a. A jet ski, it's just like, ba-bam, ba-bam. It's like you're constantly being... A different rhythm. You're being fucked, you know? It's like, <laughs> and it's not one you were asking for. Well, let know? me let me ask you this, Christopher boom, Columbus. Boom. It's like constant. It's so, like, stop. So Queen Isabella tells you no, but then as you're leaving on a mule, yes. not sad, happy that you're on the mule, because you're just loving life on that mule. Yeah, bro. Uh, King Ferdinand convinces Queen Isabella to change her mind and give you the money for the voyage. That felt uh, so shitty. Can you tell us, uh, about that moment that you're on the donkey leaving town, but then you're stopped by the royal guard and told to come back because they're going to give you the money for the voyage. Can you tell us about that moment? Okay, so yeah, so like I'm contemplative, mm-hmm. and I'm on, just, on your mule, I'm a mule, and yeah. I'm like happy to be on the mule. Obviously, it's like a good mule. His name is Paul, <laughs> and uh, you know I'm just like okay, Paul, we're gonna figure this out. You know, Paul, we got this, Paul. You know, maybe I'm a little sad, but like <laughs> I'm with Paul, and he's the great mule. And I'm like okay. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like you know, you're coming to terms with something. Mm-hmm. You know, Isabel, she's not giving me the money, right? And then uh, I'm, 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 I'm figuring out other plans. I'm like, we're going to do something else. Maybe, like, I'll ride, you know, I'll make my own boat or, you know, I'll do something. I don't know. You know, you, you're starting to think. And I just remember that moment. I was, like, coming to terms. And then, like, it's like, King, they're like, oh, hold up. You Christopher Colombo? And they're like, yeah, bro. And it's like, go back. I think King Ferdinand is going to told her to give you the money. It's like, oh, man. What? <laughs> why couldn't why couldn't I convince her? You know, like, what did he say that was so, like, better than what I said? Because I gave some great pitches. I was oh, just so like, you felt bad that it took King Ferdinand to convince her instead of you? Yeah, it's like a happy set. It's like, it's like yeah, oh, cool, I got my money, but at what cost? Interesting. You know, like, oh, what wow. personal... You know, you gotta know. Were like, you more upset at eventually getting the money, but because somebody else convinced it? A little bit like, you know, um, like like you're in a relationship and you really want your wife or girlfriend to orgasm when you're having sex, and you can't do it, but then some other guy comes in and like gives her the orgasm. Like you should feel good because she got the orgasm, but you're saying that you felt bad because you weren't able to give it to her. Is that what? You, is that the uh, a good analogy for what you're feeling, Christopher Columbus? Damn. No. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I don't really understand that analogy. Now, Eleanor, you said damn as though I that did. was like a diss or a no, burn. That was, was a very... Is a very. Hey, I was like right on the nose. Oh, nice. Kind of oh, thank you, Oliver. Oh, that means a lot okay. coming from you. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's right on the nose. <laughs> I love analogies. That was a really good one. Oh, I, I didn't it's read that in your analogy. Eleanor. I just don't understand it. Like... <laughs> well, first of all, can I just say real yeah. quick? It, 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 it almost seems like you're being defensive about the idea that you could be sad. Like, that's a bad emotion. Like, we're living in a time now where we're trying to fight. Oh, against I'm telling this... you, I was sad when I found out that it took King Ferdinand. got the money. That was like, that's see, so maybe. weird to me. Maybe they were seeing me on the mule after I got the money. <laughs> and that's when the and reports That was, was kind of like sad, you know, it put me in a bad mood. I think like I went on sort of like a, got in a bad headspace for the next like year or so. And I was just like, whew. Mm. Did, like, you ever oh. talk, did you ever talk to Ferdinand and be like, what exactly did you say? Because I want to make sure that I can <laughs> did pitch that better dude, you say time. like, thank you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. for think, Good looking out. It's like, you don't say like, oh, what the, what the fuck, man? Like, what'd you say? What did you say? I would if I said anything to him, it would have come across aggressive. Mm. Well, maybe you know what I mean? l- let's let's workshop it. All right. So like, th- I think there's a nice way that you could ask for feedback from King Ferdinand. You know, okay. like um, let's say that Eleanor, let's say that you're King Ferdinand and I'm Christopher Columbus. Got it. All right. So I'm gonna say, um, oh my God, I heard that you convinced Queen Isabella to fund my trip. Thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> That's how you say. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. So now, uh, Eleanor, you know. How would you respond as as uh, King Ferdinand? As a King Ferdinand, I'd say, I believe in you. Oh, thank I'd, you, King Ferdinand. Say, look, uh, no, that really no, no, means no, no, a lot no. to me. Oh, God. Oh, wait, no, this is exactly... I'd be like, <clears throat> I think you should listen to this, Columbus, because uh, Eleanor, oh, Roosevelt, oh, I'm listening. Eleanor listen. Roosevelt's an incredible woman, and she has some great insight here. Oh, no doubt. This yeah. is me just channeling everything I know. I'd say, right. Christopher, I believe in you. Nobody thinks that you can do it. That's pretty good. But yeah. I think that you can do it. You oh, sound wow. exactly like him. That's whoa. <laughs> and then I'd start crying. Nice. That's good. All right. Now that I would say, as Christopher Columbus, um, listen, uh, I'm really curious what it was that you said that convinced her because I felt like I gave a really good pitch and I'd love to be able to do pitches better. And so if any insight that you have, I would really appreciate. Then I, I put my hand on your shoulder. I, I bring you in. I... uh I make sure that we overlook some kind of like nice scenery. Ooh, good. Right? Yeah. And I say, Christopher, I told her, all this is yours and more. Because, and then I point my finger on, I put my finger on your heart (laughs) and say, because you have something that nobody else has. Curiosity. Wow. Wow. See? What do you think, Columbus? You think maybe you could have done something like that and maybe, and maybe learned something from King Ferdinand? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> hearing it now, it's like, yeah, that would have been like, yeah. You really seem moved by by what we just did here, Christopher Columbus. Well, you know, it felt like, to me like a, like a sports movie when you did that. It did feel like, a lot like a sports movie, like, yeah. They work. You never they, think they really about do. yourself as a an athlete. To be inspired. Wow, listen, I, I mean, it, it it feels like you got really moved by that. I, I'll give you some time to process that if you want. We can ask Eleanor a question. You are an athlete. About her life. Yeah. You're a, no, life, I'm you're not, a life athlete. No, I'm not an athlete. explorer is like, kind of like being an athlete. I was yeah, more yeah. of like a, my own, I was like, you know, like a, maybe a runner or something. <laughs> but not like a team, you know, like part of, being part of a team. You were you know? part of a team. You had you had, uh, you had had seafaring men with Those you. Those are my men. Yeah, that, you were a team. You worked together. No, I was like a coach, but like <laughs> not an inspiring one. I was just. Yelled it. I was terrible. Nah, you're you're a quarterback. Was, you're trying to explore the end zone. <sighs> Ooh, that's a really good analogy. The seas are your end zone. You do love analogies. That I makes sense. Like so let me ask you this uh, about your life, Eleanor. And then okay. if you need a moment to compose yourself, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this might be a good time for that. Okay, let's. Yeah. So uh, you. you had a lot of tension between you and your mother-in-law, uh, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is Franklin Delano Roosevelt's mother, Sarah, who did not care for the engagement and made him promise not to announce the engagement for another year and even took him on a Caribbean cruise to try to get him to forget you. Do you know why Franklin's mother wanted to stop the engagement once she had against you or him getting married to you? Because she's an asshole. <laughs> That's why. I mean, it sounds like there's still some tension between you and her. Like, you haven't you haven't uh, no. let go of your anger at Sarah I, I've, I've moved on, but mm-hmm. it's just, I can't help that when I look at her, I all I see is 
I don't see a person. I see a sphincter. Wow. You just really hated her. Whoa. She's a butthole. Did you hate her before she objected to the engagement? Or was it because she objected to the engagement that you got this You know, she, she, was, she was just always one of those people that, you, you like, you just know those people that just for no reason at all, like, you just, you don't really click, like, you know, you're always butting heads you on everything. Vibe. Yeah. She was like that. And then when she found out that, you know, yeah. I wanted to uh, marry her son as... It was just like times two. It was like, oh, terrible. gotcha, gotcha. So but you yeah, guys we, already didn't get along. And she's like, yeah. I don't want her closer in my family. You know, she's already like my fourth cousin or something. They don't see it like, they don't see it like, uh, they don't see it like he wants to marry you. Also, they think you're stealing. You're taking him away they from just her. See it. Yeah, it was like, they, they, it was like they viewed me as like a succubus or something like that. And I was Ooh, coming wow. into it. I don't see that you guys are discovering each other. Like you guys have. Figured out who each other are. Exactly. So, just like, oh, you're stealing my son away. Eleanor, did We're you? We're exploring each other's end zones. Exploring. Like, yeah. oh, oh, my God. That did is, you? Did you? That is spicy, oh, Eleanor. They a had, bunch. They you did? six a children. Bunch. And with Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whoa. That's great. That's great. That's progressive. <laughs> That's really good. So let me ask you this, Eleanor. Uh, how did you, you know, she takes him away to the Caribbean yeah. to try to get, to try to extinguish the flame between you. How is it that you were able to keep the passion going while he was away? Like, there, was there anything that you did to try to make sure that you kept a foothold in Franklin's heart while he was gone? Uh, yeah, in all the pockets of his clothing, mm-hmm. I put in uh, drawings of nude parts of my body. Whoa! So whenever he like reached in to like I don't know, look at the time, get his watch, or get a pen or something like that, boom to my just like my, a my little, oh my God, a breath. You, yeah. you gotta hope he pulls that out when his mother's not around because that's gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> no, honestly, I feel like it would, it was also shaped like a middle finger in case she was around. So that way, wow, he gets aroused and if she sees it, you know she what? sees one of these. I feel, I feel the exact same way. Like, fuck her. You know, like you're fuck taking her. your son away to try to, to try to yeah. uh, extinguish our love. Yeah, fuck so you. I want her to be uncomfortable. I am, I am putting yeah. Yeah. pictures of my naked body in his clothing to find Which parts while he's of your body? Which parts? Trip. Well, she said breasts. That's one of them. Breasts. You know? uh, Was it like a jigsaw arms. puzzle? Like if he puts all the pieces together, like he gets a whole naked exactly. Eleanor Roosevelt? Yeah. Wow. He gets a whole picture. So yeah, it was like literally everything. That's a very That's similar great. to what we have now with um, uh, sex thing. My, with yeah. with uh, dick pics and things like that. You yeah, know? and he had a thing for my cheekbones. He really loved my cheekbones. Well, so you, really you had incredible it. cheekbones, you know, from the pictures that I've seen online. Like it's one of your best features, so I I'm, think. I'm trying to imagine if you just got one cheekbone would you know what it was? <laughs> you know, I never you know asked I mean? him that question. I never asked him that question, but oh, you didn't? he knew. I feel like he knew. He just always knew. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this, uh, Christopher Columbus. So you're at sea for about five weeks in 1492. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you land in what we now know to be the Bahamas, uh, and you are Ooh. greeted by friendly indigenous people who you immediately take prisoner, turn into slaves, and steal their gold. Is that correct? Because I think that's what it says on Wikipedia. Christopher Columbus. Oh, okay. I just want to... Well, do you mean to repeat the question? Well, no, yeah. Okay, so you land no, in what we now know to be the Bahamas. Yeah, Party City. Uh, you are greeted by friendly indigenous people who's who you that? immediately... Like who, who's writing that? Like, <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah. So friendly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, correct, correct us if we're wrong. Like, were they not friendly to you, Christopher Columbus? Well, first off, they were like not really talking to us. They were just sort of like staring at us. And they, they were, were probably like, amazed. They started to like run up to the boat and I was like, don't touch the boat. <laughs> you know, it was just like, it was pretty invasive, honestly. Okay. For them to just like start touching us and like grabbing us, our things and like looking mm. at our guns and stuff. And I was just like, what are you doing? Okay. And so you thought that that was threatening enough that you should take them prisoner, turn them into slaves and steal the gold that they were wearing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't think that that was the right thing to do necessarily, but if I that's... mean, come on, like I'm still thinking about King Ferdinand, what he said, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you're still in that bad mood. You're still that's in what that I'm telling place. you. I was in that space for like a year. And I'm so like, honestly, looking back. Yeah, I mean, I get defensive, but, you know, I, I made some mistakes, you know, like mm. I didn't treat people. I didn't see everyone as people, you know, it was like situations was just like. I was, such, I was so twisted about it. It's like, mm. why couldn't she just say yes to my good pitch? You know, it's yeah. like, why did it take for, you know, why did it you take know, it's, it's, it's interesting the way that tiny little incidents like that can like 
propel our emotions into a negative place and then change our actions for years down the line. Almost like a a butterfly flapping its wings, you know, causing a hurricane around the world. I mean, honestly, I was like, you know, I I think like, yeah, definitely trickled down because like on the ship, I was like, come on, guys, let's get going. Like, I was like yelling at them. I was like, Mm. hey, don't eat too much food. Like, you know, like yelling at the fatter ones to be like, (laughs) you're fat. And they're like, I'm just muscly. And so, bro, it's like, you know, I felt bad by the time we got to the Bahamas or whatever it was like, at the time, you know, like, uh, and I was just like, well, here, you can be mean to these guys, you know? Mm. So it was like passing on, it's like passing yeah. that anger through. It's, it's like you know, generations of abuse, you know, how like a dad will beat his son, and then his son will beat his son, you well, know, because yeah. they it's learned like, it from there. It's like if you were in a bad relationship, right? And then the person kind of is bad to you when you're good to them, mm-hmm. then you tend to be a little bit worse to the next person that you're That's with right you kind of like on. relationship yeah. ptsd uh if you're just yeah. joining us this is famous dead people on radio free brooklyn and my guests today are american politician diplomat and first lady of the united states eleanor roosevelt how and uh 15th century italian explorer and colonizer christopher columbus i'm sorry bro uh and we were just talking about how maybe the negative feelings that he yeah. had by getting rejected for the voyage by Queen Isabella, with the reason why he was being I just uh, really liked her, you know, terrible to the indigenous people, um, you know. But you know, yeah. I know that you were a very religious person, also Christopher Columbus, and that you were trying to convert well, yeah. all these indigenous people into Christianity. But do you think that the way that you treated them was very Christian? Like it doesn't. It seems kind of antithetical to like what Christ would do in that situation. Well, I think you know, I didn't have Christ in that situation. You know, like if you have, you're the son of God, you're going to act differently than someone who's trying to tell everyone. Yeah, about the son of God. All right? right. You know what I mean? Like, if you're the son of God, you get you got. Hey, I'm just the son of God. Here's your wine. It used to be water, and now it's wine. And like, check me. I'm doing a little dance on the on the ocean. <laughs> you know, on the on the edge of the beach. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that. If I had those skills, obviously, I w- they would just be like, oh, praise me, and they were not like praising me at all. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? I was I'm like, I'm giving you eternal life here. I'm, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about you know, the Virgin Mary, oh, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, that's not funny, man. I'm like no, talking I mean, about, I, I, I'm sorry to have laughed, but um, and, it, and it, it just, still feels it, like you're working through those emotions. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, I wanted to share this, this beautiful spiritual life with them and they just didn't want to hear about it. You know, mm. like we were having like communication problems i think it's fair to say that maybe your reaction was a little overboard would you would you agree to that now that that maybe the way you reacted wasn't appropriate for how how the situation that you were in yeah it, it's tough for me now because like we got a lot of work done because of that i mean you the discovery was and I, enormous I, yeah i became like a real hero <laughs> back home so it's like i realized that like those actions were ah, you know not good like i want to say terrible but you know like i don't want to say terrible like it's like those actions w- it's okay to own the negative things that you did yeah i Columbus. i got a lot of credit after i was you know i got a lot of accolades after I was I was not good to people, but you know, it's like back then it was different. You know, it's like mm. you, I was creating, you know, I was the first gentrifier, but like people, oh were, yeah, yeah, definitely not the first, but you know, like I was, oh okay, like it was like, <sighs> you know, I made space, I made I mean places to go for people that didn't yeah. know that they had places to go and I made it safe. Can I just say it, it seems like you're trying to justify You're right. I'm this this negative behavior I was terrible. by, by I talking about wanted, your contributions. Yeah. It's okay to just say, you know what? I made a mistake. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a mistake. And I got some I, weird looking positive back, reinforcement. Like, you know what's that? <laughs> yeah. You got, I got, you got some weird positive reinforcement. Like you do all these that's awful what it things. Is, yeah. Then you go home and you're a hero. You're rewarded it feels, for it. it feels in your brain like they're rewarding you for the awful things that you did. Yeah, but I bet, like, if they had to be there for the awful things, because a lot of the people, a lot of my guys, they were just like, Are we sure we'd be doing this? <laughs> and I just was like, shut up, shut up, keep doing it. Well, that's uh, that's actually kind of a prescient comment, but so we'll get to that in just a moment, but I'd like to go back to Eleanor yeah. Roosevelt for a moment. Uh, so I'd like to ask you this. So when it was discovered that FDR had polio, oh, uh, you persuade him 
to stay in politics, even though his mother wanted him to become a, quote, country gentleman instead. And first of all, can you <laughs> tell us a little bit more about, like, what a country gentleman is? That's not a phrase that we really use that much in 2017. Like, what, yeah. what exactly is a country gentleman? A country gentleman is a loser. It's a, just <laughs> it's a fucking loser. Can you be a little more specific, Eleanor? She wanted Roosevelt. my hubby wubby to be a, a loser. A loser with lemonade, though, right? Yeah. I mean, the lemonade part doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, I mean, if you're drinking lemonade, but nah, it was uh, it was wearing you know you, you're uh, wearing the latest suits of the time, and mm-hmm. you're talking about like politics and all these like groups, and it was just like a. She wanted him to live in a perpetual dinner party mm, where he just did like nothing. Hanging out, yeah, yeah. And so why, like did an Oscar you... Wilde play or something? Yeah, right. I guess I've never seen one of those plays. They're, they're pretty. Oh, good. Red, though, no. They're really fun. Are they? You uh, gotta see one. You gotta. I, gotta see one. <laughs> I mean, they're a lot like what you just. Described. Well, why do you think that he, that he should have continued in politics despite his sickness? Cause, because uh, he had a good message. He mm-hmm. he knew what he wanted, and uh, just with the direction that uh, the country was going in, I thought that. Uh, do you ever, do you ever his ideals. Tartuffe? Hmm? Tartuffe? Well, Tartuffe wasn't an Oscar Wilde play. No, that's I know. It's more was... of a Commedia dell'arte. Right, but that's another good one. I was just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> recommending plays for Eleanor Roosevelt to see, Christopher Columbus? Okay, bro. I just thought we were talking about... <laughs> I thought so, we were yeah. talking about plays, but... So you're saying that, that Franklin had a lot of great ideas, so you wanted to continue politics, even though he had polio. But that might have been detrimental, Right. It could have been, but again, that's like maybe, maybe he's not 1800s strong love. Enough. 1800s love, man. Just keep, just keep going. Maybe, maybe yeah. the polio com- combined with the pressure of being in politics would have, would have, uh, you know, hastened his demise. You know, instead, let him live a life of leisure and maybe have a longer, more comfortable life. Well, who does that? You got to stay active. <laughs> stay active. Stay active until you're dead. Right? Yeah, well, my mom used to tell me before she passed away, God bless her soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless her. She was, uh, when I would get tired, she, was, uh, she would ask me, are you dead? And I'd say no. Well, then keep going. Wow. There you go. Oh, my God. That is, yeah, there you go. That is really motivating. <laughs> that's incredible. Was that uh, something that like got burned in your brain? I, I, I know that you lost your mother pretty early yeah. in your life. Was that... Like something that she said earlier to you that just like burned in your brain, especially because she passed away so early. Yeah, I think that with my with my loving nature, that's why that's why I have like that aggressive brand of aggressive affection. Aggressive love, aggressive love yeah, with tough attitude. Love, tough love, tough yes, love, tough love. Yeah. That makes sense. So even though you had polio, I was like, nah, man, you got a you got a mission, you got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You're not dead yet. Keep going. Did you, did you push your husband to the liberal side of things? Because I know that you had a very liberal agenda, even by today's standards. And, like, this made, you know, J. Edgar Hoover really hated you because of how liberal you were and how strong you were about civil rights. Do you think that, like, was your husband a little more conservative and you kind of pushed him to the left a little bit? Yeah, also, J. Edgar Hoover's a dweeb. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, he, he had, like, a whole campaign against you, right? Like, he, he did not care for you at all. He, had like, kept files on you to try to, to try to take you down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, all like, because we were at a dinner party one time and he was trying to, he was trying to psych me out, like on the side, and he's saying like he's saying that I, he knows who I really am. Oh wow! And he went off on a scathing speech, and it was one of those like intimate speeches where somebody who, who like your rival, you're just kind of like almost knows and knows. You're just kind of like whispering almost to each kissing. other. Oh yeah! So almost he's like kissing. whispering all this like nasty stuff to me, and then I just I didn't even I barely responded to him. After all he said, I was just like, you know what? You have a baby dick. And I just <gasps> walked away. This, oh. this is like when they uh. In uh, Friday Night Lights, when they <laughs> replace Coach Taylor, they they kick him out and they move the new guy that like the specialty coach guy in, right? Like yeah. They, they move him in. That's like, and he sort of come up to you like, unfazed, Coach Taylor. Nope. Wow. You told, you told Jay Edgar Hoover that he had a baby dick. Yep. Wow. Wow. What was he saying when when he said, "I know who who you really are"? Like, what was what was the implication there? Was that just complete bullshit, or was there? Actual, I think it was just, like, I, he was just trying to get in my head. Oh. Wait, was this the guy? Was this the guy who? <coughs> Who ended up dressing up in women's clothing? There's allegedly he liked to dress up in women's clothing. I don't know if that's ever been firmly established. Well, I heard about it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a lot of the stuff that he was saying was more like a projection about his own stuff. Okay. Yeah, like he had stuff. Yeah. He was. This is common. Everyone's trying to put their own stuff on people. Yeah. Mm. But again, he got really defensive when I said he had a baby dick, mm. and I just walked off and I was like, "Ha!" <laughs> that was it. Well, were there other things that he did to try to, like, take down your agenda, like, throughout the years? 
He did. I try not to not not to show too much expressions, but yeah, if he tried to attack my husband, that's that was usually uh Was it it wasn't like a physical attack, right? No, no, no. Like they just verbal attacks. Like he knew that that would get under my skin. Mm, like what were sort of things that he would say about Oh, he uh, had a crush FDR. on you probably. Probably. You think Christopher Looking Columbus? back in it now? That makes us, that yeah, makes a yeah, lot of yeah, sense. You yeah. think that Jager Hoover had a crush on Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh yeah, why not? She's fine. You know, <laughs> she's got a, she's got a lovely cheekbones. She's got a great cheekbones. Yeah, she does. We've do are, we've said it a hundred times. Thank, right, you. Thank, yeah. thank you, gentlemen. Thank yeah. you. That's I mean that's an incredible uh, uh, you know uh, bit of information to that's hear the about. Power of love, right there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you got a crush on somebody, and you know they're already. It's like. Whoosh. It can it can bring people together, but it can also te- tear people apart. Yeah. Tear yeah, worlds apart, bro. J. Edgar, <laughs> J. Edgar, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a salty little dweeb. Whoa, <laughs> still, 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 and you definitely holding on to that grudge. Women's clothes, you which definitely is fine, but say like, whatever just you come like. out and do it, bro. Just, it's 2017, baby. Look, nobody's judging. Say what you want about Eleanor Roosevelt; she holds on to grudges. Everybody knows, Jay. So, uh, Christopher Columbus. After sailing around the Caribbean for a bit, you slowly make your way back to Spain yeah. to tell the tales of your successful voyage. Uh, were, what, what was the reaction when you got back to Spain? Like when you said, oh my God, you're never going to believe it. I got back from this place. They're like, they're, how, what were people reacting to? They're like, whoa, bro, that's so much gold. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, bro, but I, I want to tell you about everything that, was, that I was seeing. They're like, well, mm-hmm. just how much gold did you bring back? And it was a lot of like really a lot of interest in the gold at that time. That you had brought back, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it sort of consumed the public interest. So let me ask you this. So we, for a very long time, like into yeah. the 80s, into the 1980s, into the 1990s, referred to Native American people as Indians because yeah, yeah. when you first landed in the Caribbean, you thought that you were in India and you called everybody there Indians. And that just kind of stuck even even until like the 1980s, 1990s. Did you ever know that you weren't in India? Like, did you ever figure out that this was a, a brand new place and not India that you were at? Yeah, but I also didn't know what else to call them. <laughs> you know, bro? So it's like. I told I told the crew that we were going to India. We mm-hmm. were going to like Asia. So I just like, and I had to convince some of them. We're like, are you sure we saw it? We've been to India. Mm-hmm. We've been and to Asia. These don't, these don't look, look like, like yeah. yeah. But also, in the right light, they did like, <laughs> they did look similar. Like, you sort of uh, go back far enough. That... We all start to, you know, we all come from. Yeah, the we same. all came from Panjaya. Hey, it's an honest yeah. mistake. It's an honest yeah. mistake. When I watch. <laughs> When I watch Major League Baseball, I think everybody's Dominican. I say, look can at you? Mm. Can so, you tell me? I'm still having trouble with a lot of a lot of the variations. Mm-hmm. Honestly, first of all, man. Eleanor Roosevelt—that's a little insensitive. But is it? Let me ask you this, is Christopher it? Columbus. What was the moment when you when you realized, oh, this isn't India? Oh, okay. So I was eating some uh, salted fish, mm-hmm. and uh, these just, guys. Just, can you can you uh, give us the context? You took four trips back and forth. Right. At what what point was this? The first trip, second trip, second trip, second trip. When you realize this is in India. Okay, first trip. Oh, 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 oh okay. I knew it right away. Like <laughs> it was so obvious, but like, I mean, I, I knew it on the first trip. It was like it took me a second, but I was, I was like, mm-hmm. well, the thing is, they cook their fish much better. What in in the Caribbean than they do in India? Yeah, it's All like right. a lot more like just sort of like crispiness to it. So you're you're just eating this fish and you're like this is a lot better than what mm. we had in India. Than India, but like they took too much spices on on it in India. Okay. And then the in the Caribbean was just like, oh, it's like I can taste a fish. And this was the thing that made you realize that you. Well, then were... you like you look up from the fish and it's just like, oh, okay, bro. <laughs> and you sort of see the very like the, the differences. Uh, the end like, of the Usual Suspects, where you know you see the one thing that kind of. Put so the- <laughs> walking around slowly his body changes and sort of like that's how it looks like because you sort of you know your brain just sort of like fills in the blanks it makes you think that you're going to see what you're going to see mm-hmm. so we have expectations you see that's the thing about it that's you see what you want to see so that's why like stereotypes are really bad you yeah know, like you know you just sort of not to be a preacher you know <laughs> But like, no, this, I think I think that's a it's a uh, it's a phenomenon that we're all very familiar with, and it's still doing a lot of damage to this day. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's hard. You expect to see what you're going to see. So yeah. What are you going to do? Is like train your mind to be like, let's make some discoveries. Let's make some discoveries. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on. That is all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I like to thank, I thank my guests 
uh, Christopher Columbus and Eleanor yep. Roosevelt yep. for joining me in the studio Thank today. Um, and I know this is a little bit of a weird question, but do either of you have like a comedy show or a Twitter account that you're a really big fan of? Uh, Christopher Columbus, did you want to tell anybody about that? Oh, you know, I'm always over at the Magnet Theater checking out Megawatt. Oh, no, on Wednesdays, right? Yeah, on Wednesdays, at, you know, from 7 to 10. You pay all right. $7 all night, get, it, get yourself pretty in Pretty good there. show. And uh, Eleanor Roosevelt? Uh, there's this indie team I really like. Their name is Chucho. You Chucho. Can, yeah, they perform all over the city. You That's can... like that little um, fried dough thing. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> a churro. No, it's a churro. Oh, yeah, churro. right. Churro. Close. Chucho, okay. Uh, uh, Chucho perform all over the city. You can find them on Instagram at Chucho Improv. All right. And uh, my name is Jared Bernstein. I'm the host. You should go check out my website, jaredbernstein.com, and also my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique, which is out now. You should go buy it and check it out and read it. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask your famous... Your favorite dead person, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.com. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday, 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people.